Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show. It is Thursday, December 14th, and I have author Michael Z with me. Now, you're going to Google Michael Z and go, uh, who's that? It's Zajowski. Z-A-J-A-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, and he's the author of The Owner's Manual to Life. So we're going to call him Michael Z, and we're just going to call him a huge friend to best ever you, a great human being. Um, I feel so honored to have you with me, Michael. Thank you for being here. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. So everybody, um, Michael, just so we start this off, your website is michaelzbooks.com because people like to listen and click. Yes, absolutely. And there's a really good reason to click because if you like quotes, and that's what this book is based on, I do send Mm -hmm. out three new quotes every Wednesday for free. So if you sign up, you get three new quotes, life quotes, inspirational quotes, and I do ask that you send me some of your favorite quotes because I just love quotes. I do too. I love quotes. You know, it was funny. When I was um, much younger than I am now, I'm in my mid-50s now, I thought it would be so cool one day if someone would quote me. I don't know why that was a silly, silly, silly goal. (laughs) It just was like, everybody's always quoted and I'm a quote monster and I study them and love them and everything. And I'm like, how cool. So I remember the first time somebody quoted something from one of my books. I was like, yes, that's so cool. (laughs) And you, yeah, it's very cool. And you have that kind of vibe and, um, and book that people are quoting you. So I think that's really neat. Um, So his book, everybody, just so we uh, stay on track is the owner's manual to life. In case you missed that day in school when they handed it out, which, uh, yeah, I don't know if they ever did. And it's simple strategies to worry less and enjoy life more. So michaelzbooks.com. Now, we have um, you. Let's go back a little bit and talk about your background. I don't read bios when my guests come on. That, everybody, too, by the way, just to get sidetracked, that is Mel in the background. That is Mel the podcast kitty who has come out for Michael Z. She only comes out, Michael, for guests she loves, and she can hear you. So um, it's very funny. She's on Instagram and stuff like that, Mel the Podcast Kitty. So she's out and about. If you hear playing with toys and things like that in the background, she's out and about, everybody. <laughs> so when we do video shows, she paces in the background if she loves you, and it's pretty cute. So, yeah, she's really sweet. She's a, a, a rescued a rescued feral cat who is oh, – we've. Cats. Yeah, I do too. And we've applied a tremendous love to her and she's the nicest kitty cat in the world. So, um, okay, that was a sidetrack, but let's go to your bio. I don't ever read bios, so I'm going to trust you to kind of tell us all about you. You've got a pretty extensive background in marriage and family counseling, correct? Yes, 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 I do. And business coaching, is, which is <clears throat> part of me when I transitioned into, you know, it was interesting at about 40, 42 years old, I found myself unhappy with what I was doing. Mm. I know that's late in life. And I'd always wanted to go back to school. I love psychology, and I always wanted to go back to school and get my degree as a marriage and family therapist. So I did. And 
I got my degree and I began getting my hours and sitting with clients and midway through that I decided that what I'd like to do is what I was doing prior to this which was I just begun uh, doing some business coaching and sales coaching and I thought you know what I really want to do is get back into that space but I want to bring with me the lessons and the tools that I have learned and begun developing as a therapist I'd like to bring that to the business world working with CEOs and and uh, C-level executives and, and individual top producers. And that's what I've done for the last 20 years. Uh, I've done that work, again, utilizing the, the what I've learned as a therapist. It's been extremely rewarding. Yeah. And then then you go and write a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. not easy There's to do. Several. <laughs> yes, several before that. But this is the first book, oddly enough, this is the first book that I've used my real last name, Zion Shkofsky. I used a different name uh, in my business coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. Zion Shkofsky was a bit difficult. But, you know, Elizabeth, what's interesting is I've, I've, I'm now claiming yet again, making perhaps another shift, but I'm really claiming my authentic self. And it is so exciting to begin this journey. And this is this book is filled with the wisdom that I've been given by so many others, by therapists and by spiritual teachers and by many, many other people. And I'm my goal was to give back the wisdom and the truths and, and the strategies that I've been given and that I've learned and that I've developed, and to give it back in bite-sized pieces by taking 100 quotes, writing a quick two-page essay about how others can learn new strategies and really rely on the the wisdom and the things that I've learned. And it's been a rewarding experience. Yeah, I I love the way the book is structured, if you want to talk about that a little bit, because it's a book that you can turn to, you don't have to read it like in sequence, you could turn to a page and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do today or whatever. Can you explain how it's structured? Yes, th- thanks for bringing that up and for noticing. In fact, the publisher wanted me to t- kind of organize different themes in the book because there are 100 quotes, and they're on different aspects of living and, and different life strategies and different ways of enjoying and really being grateful for life. And I know that's a theme that you rely on, too. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to keep it fresh. I want people to be able to look at the table of contents and I'm looking at it right now, for example. The number, mm-hmm. quote number five is, happiness is pretty simple. Someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Rita Mae Brown. And I want them to be able to look at a quote. Here's one by John Wooden. You and I both love him. This is quote number yep. 26. Don't let what you can't do be from what you can do. So I want people to be able to just look through here and say, gee, that, that's kind of what I need today. Pick a yep. quote, and then, like quote 68, seek ways to be of service. Uh, mm-hmm. And then go and read that and be able to take that in for that day and use the strategy or to use the wisdom uh, that's in that uh, day. So that's kind of how I structured it. And then within that, though, so it's not just a book of 100 quotes listed. Like you've got no. the quote, so and the and the chapters match the quote. So quote number five, yeah. then you can go to chapter five, read the quote. But yeah. beyond just the quote is what 
I, you know, I love the quotes, but I love your life stories woven in. That's cool. Yeah, and and that's really that's where it becomes usable. Like I'm just I'm yep. holding a copy of the book in my hand right now. I just opened it up. As am I. The quote number thirty nine, which is just what am I afraid of? <laughs> and it says there are times when the little things in our lives can cause us such a lot of stress or when inconsequential things can cause oversized reactions. We can be standing in a line that's moving too slowly and feel our irritation growing or someone at home will do something that we'd normally not react to but for some reason today it pushes us into a heightened state of annoyance. And I go on to explain that I that when I'm feeling that way, when I'm agitated or when I'm I'm, I'm just disconnected, I'm not satisfied, something's wrong, what I realize is that I'm afraid of something. I'm in fear over something. It could be an emotional fear. Maybe someone isn't reacting the way I'd like them to or they're not happy with me. Or it could be a, a, some, something that I'm afraid of physically. You know, and the story goes on. I remember I went to my dermatologist. I had this ugly red bump on my finger. And she looked at it. She said, yeah, well, you know what, we'll, we'll get a biopsy of that. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, she wasn't, doesn't sound very convincing when she said that. So, of course, right. I was driving down to work one day, and I was tailgating and going too fast and speed. And, I was, and suddenly I, I stopped, and I said, what are you afraid of? And then I remembered, I'm afraid of the biopsy. That's what this That's entire behavior is all about. Yeah. And so once I was able to stop and realize what was going on with me, and you talk a lot about really trusting your heart and getting to know who you are and finding that center within yourself, well, this is a a technique that I've used, and I use it even today. If I'm discontented in any way, I ask myself, what are you afraid of? And I always find the answer, and then I'm able to deal with the fear, and that restores me to some peace. Mm, I love that. You know, um, this you can add to this if you want to or whatever, but you know I'm thinking about that like what am I afraid of what am i what's what's going on and everything in our next door to us, our neighbors just passed away um pretty much one after the other, and um they didn't have any ch- children and um they have kind of distant family members and things and right now the past well yesterday and the day before every part of their home was on auction up on a online bidding thing and everything. And I was just like, why does this make me so upset? Like when it very first came up, I was like literally like crying for an hour because we knew them well and had kind of taken care of um, them when they were sick and things like that. And I'm like, this is just the worst thing ever. Like reduced to your, you know, fork being online for sale, you know, (laughs) just like what in the world? And I don't know. I don't know if I've got like a fear of death or ending up that way or sad. I can't figure it out. I, I got to like really think about it. If you've got any insight, let me know offline. or Yeah. Not. But wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I do have some, some insight. There was a, 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 a book and I'm trying to think of the author. It won a Pulitzer Prize. It's called, oh, I know who it is. It's called The Denial of Death. It's by Dr. Ernest Becker. He's a psychoanalyst. And again, I won a Pulitzer Prize, I think, in the mid-60s. And I've read it several times. I own it still. It's an amazing book. And what he says is, essentially, he says, everything we do, 
and everything we think about, whether it's deep in the background or not, it's all about denying that one day we're going to die. He said, when you step off a curb, what's the very first thing you do before you step off the curb? You look around to make sure you're not going to get hit by a car and die. You betcha. He said, everything we do is about that. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm totally... Uh, you and me both, you know. I mean, I, I've got it's Christmas time. I've got a bunch of books wrapped underneath the tree. I can't wait to open them. Of course, my biggest thought at the back—not biggest, but a thought at the back of my head—is, am I going to live long enough to read them all? I mean, I've got a lot of books, and I love to read, and I'm not a fast reader. But, you know, so even there, it's 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 present somewhere. But if you've taken care of these people, Elizabeth, if you've known them intimately, if you've shared in their life and their life experience, and now you see, not of course they're now gone, but you see the dismantling of life that they've built up. Well, well, how can you not think, how will my life be dismantled? I mean, I think of that. It's just, it's natural and normal. So, hey, honor that, you know, and, and, you know, and I'll just say one last thing, Elizabeth. What that does for me, because I've just had some news about my older brother, but what that does for me is it just forces me into a deep gratitude for what I have in the 24 hours right now. And when I hang up from this, with this call, I'm going to walk over to my wife's office and I'm going to grab her little, I'm going to take her hand, her head in my hands. And I'm going to kiss her on the lips, and I'm going to say, honey, these are the good old days. And that's what these are. They're the good old days. We have health. We have each other. It's Christmas season. We're going to go out to a a restaurant this evening. We're going to walk around the outside as the people are skating, and we're we're just going to soak in the holiday. And that's 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 what we have, you know. And I'll just I'll just can I say one last thing real quick? Oh yeah, please. And I got, I got another comment too. So yeah, keep going. I think this is helpful you know, for in, people because it's hard. Yeah, you know, in my book, I write about taking and living life one hour at a time because sometimes I have a hard time staying in the present. My <laughs> yeah. mind likes to gallop into the future, and as soon as it does. I'm not very happy. So what I do, and this is a strategy I write about in the book, I say, hey, live life one hour at a time. So what do you do? You look at the time. I'm looking at the time now. It's 11.14. And I I say, you know what? I'm only going to to think about and do the things that are in this next hour, 11.14 to 12.14. So all of the worry that I had about the future, it's all gone. Because it's not happening in this hour. And then suddenly I get present. I start looking at the fabric of the couch I'm sitting on. I start looking at at the winter forest and the um, as I'm doing now and the bare branches and some of the leaves still hanging on him and the bed of brown leaves in the forest floor. And, and I listen to the music and I think about you in this interview and suddenly I've got some peace. So I'm, some peace, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it yeah, there. Yeah, no, that... I love that. I hope everybody replays that back a bunch of times. I'm going to take us back into chaos for a moment and tell you what I did. Please. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah come back with me into chaos a little bit. And yeah. so my husband yeah. and I are watching the, the contents of their home and people bidding on them and all, you know, all this, all this stuff. And 
I had gone over to their house several times to check on them. Um, to, I mean, to, to see what was going on with the house and their belongings and things. And I knocked on the door and they were doing an inventory of everything, you know, the people putting it all up for bids. And I said, well, she, they had told us they, that they wanted to have this and this and this. And they're like, well, you've got to bid for it. And so I'm like, okay, this is so upsetting that certain things aren't being done right, you know, kind of thing. And I'm sure they did it right for their family and whatever. So we were like, whatever. But anyway, we ended up going, okay, those are the rules. We'll play by the rules. So last night we were, we found ourselves bidding for some of their things so that we would have them in our home. So it's like, oh my God. (laughs) So we've got like five things that we're going to go pick up on Saturday. And, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There's some type of thing going on where you're like, I think it's my first taste of seeing people pass away and not have immediate family take their belongings. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that before, yeah. really. I don't have any experience with that. So dismantling is a really great word for it. So, yeah. 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 Thank and you for you the know, therapy. The other, <laughs> oh, no, no, you're, 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 you know, it's all good. And, and, you know, the other word that comes to my mind is the, the impersonal. You know, talk talk about the the detached way that that this company is, is, you know, that's the way it is. You know, well, well, no, hang on. There's a history here. I knew this. I was talking to Marilyn. We held this item together. She wanted me to have it. And then so so that human element, you know, that which is what gives life meaning, let's face it, right, the love and the warmth. That's there between us. Suddenly, that's completely gone. This is now business. You want it, you bid on it next. It's like, whoa, yeah. wait, what, what, what? Yeah, my husband what? was like, my husband said, "Isn't it wild to see existent existence almost like wiped so coldly from the face of the earth?" Yeah, yeah. that's no, what he it, said. It really like, is. Oh yeah, wild. Wild. Anyway, so. Yeah, so I'll turn to your book and yep. read number seventy-seven. Easy does it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or, yeah, and you know, I'm, you know what? I just one. opened up a page. Uh, this yeah. might help. I, I literally just opened up a page. I went to page one twenty-five. It's quote forty-six. There, hang on. Yep, I'm with you. Expect nothing except everything. Mm. And, Good one. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll read it. I'll read just yeah, a little please, bit. I was it. watching. I was watching an interview with a famous actor one day, and the interviewer commented on how common-centered he seemed to be. The interviewer asked what his secret was. The actor said that over time, he found the best way to keep a sense of serenity was to truly let go. He said he approached all interactions and situations with the attitude of expecting nothing and accepting mm-hmm. everything as it was. He added that being rich and famous, he realized he couldn't control people, places, or things. And trying to do so only caused a lot of stress. As such, it was best to give up the illusion of control and just accept everything as it was. Love it. Yeah, you know, the next paragraph, for those who are saying, well, that sounds too simple, it is. The next paragraph says, while this is a simple attitude to have, it obviously isn't an easy thing to practice. Uh, you know, the good the good news is that while we may not be able to rid ourselves of all expectations right away, you'll at least, you know, you, you'll find that just lowering them can pay huge dividends. And so that's, you know, it's another thing that I have to remind myself constantly, Elizabeth, I'm not in charge, even though I think I am, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know best, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, 
but I don't, and I'm not, and I got it. So I better get back into my little hula hoop of an hour and look at the things that I can control in this hour, which is my attitude and my outlook and my connection to a higher power and the love that I have for my wife and the true riches that I'm surrounded with in this room right now. Go back to kindergarten or preschool with me, with yourself for a minute, and mm. tell me tell me who, like, what kind of, did you have a, a, like, a perfect childhood, or, like, what was kindergarten like for you, what was preschool like for you, did you have fun, mm. are, are you who you are because of that, you know, all sorts of, you know, those questions yeah, about kindergarten. Yeah, you know, I... I... I don't know those questions about kindergarten, and I've, it's so interesting that you ask that question. Um, I had a horrible upbringing, frankly. Um, it was terrible, and oh. I don't have any memory of preschool if I was ever delivered into a preschool in those days, and uh, I don't remember kindergarten at all. I have no way, sp- really? That was terrible. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for me, yeah, it is. And I've had to work very, 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 very hard to overcome what was a very rough beginning. And I write about this in my book. My father was a very lost soul. He he fought in World War II. He was a Pole who was ejected from his country by the Nazis and made his way to England and met my wife. And he fought in the in, uh, in the war uh, with the Royal Air Force, Battle of Britain, and all through the war. And afterwards, he was essentially rejected from England, and uh, he and my mother emigrated to California. And he was never able to go back to Poland because, of course, the Russians had taken over. And he, his lament was, you know, the war is not over for Poland, and the Allies have turned their backs. Uh, on us, and he became a an alcoholic and a very abusive man. And mm. my early life was absolute chaos. My mother doing whatever she could to, for damage control, and then she ended up leaving my father and met another man who wasn't very nice. And we traveled around the country, and I was separated from my brothers and sister. And I went to four different fifth grades. So. If you can imagine always being the new kid in school, not having friends, and it was tough. And yeah, it was rough. When so, did when did that? Yeah. When, no, no, you go ahead. You keep going. So you were you were no, saying, I was just so. gonna say so. Yeah, so not, you know, and I, we were gonna move around in high school again, and I was actually able to attend the same high school, but pretty much friendless. And so I've what oh. I've learned to do is to be alone. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's been. It's it's that's been a tough way to go. So as I said, when I was 42, I was I didn't quite hadn't been able to find myself. Oh, your call dropped. I'm not sure why your call dropped. Hang on, we're going to have him call back in. We are going to stall on the show for a minute while he calls back in. I'm going to call Lindsay and have him call back in. Hang on a minute. Sometimes when that happens, hang on, everybody. He was talking so beautifully about his sad childhood. Hang on just a minute. I'll see if I can maybe call him. Hang on just a minute. 
see if I can call him. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Hang on just a minute. Let's see if we can get him. So we're trying to talk with author Michael Z. Um, his book is the owner's manual. The owner's manual guide to life. In case you missed that day in school when they handed it out, see if we can get him on the phone. It is dialing. I think his call dropped, so we'll see. I'm trying to get him back in. I've got a, a phone dialing out to see if I can get a hold of him, but I don't think it's Hello. working. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Okay, I got you back with us. There we go. All right. Here. So, yeah, your call dropped, so I've tried to call you, and that worked, so that's good. All right, we'll Thank see if God. we can – yeah, your call dropped. No, it's okay, but there's a little bit of me fumbling in the middle of the show here, but that's okay. It's live radio, everybody. I'm on a landline and everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. Um, but I don't edit the show, so everybody gets the, the bobble in there as well. So you were talking about your childhood, and we were, we were, we were um, going in that direction. But did, when did you were saying, like when you were 42, did it take all the way from those fifth grade moments and your high school moments and your 20s, your 30s, and all the way to 42 to kind of iron all of that out? Or it was did. there a moment in there where you were all right? Or how'd that go? No, yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly all right. You know, I mean, when you're young, right, you're filled with ego. And one of my favorite sayings is age will take care of your ego. And <laughs> it certainly has for me. But, you know, I was, Amen. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a smart guy. I'm a hard worker. I certainly had a life in between that but in terms of you know being at peace with yourself and being comfortable in your own skin now i don't think i was uh, that way very often um so yeah, yeah. It, it did take quite a while but the good news is, is anybody I, ever though i got i have a question for our audience you know let me ask you that is anybody ever really that comfy in their own skin i mean most people will probably tell you there's some aspect of them that they go, oh, no, and or they don't want anybody to know it, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. And that's yeah. that's the whole point of, like, that's a lot about the Change Guidebook where, you know, you're really getting comfy with your authentic self, with your heart, your truths, your energy, you know, your book with quotes and things like that, things that just make ourselves more comfortable in our own skin and easier to be around and a great person and giving back to humanity. I mean, there's a lot to kind of unpack there, but yeah. Um, I think a lot of self-help exists because people don't like to themselves and are trying to, trying to heal. Yeah. Big time. Big Big time. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, What do you, what do you think about, um, okay. I have a question about the title of your book. It's simple strategies, strategies to worry less. What are what are some of those strategies? Because boy, do I'm a mom of four boys, and they're in their twenties, and there's a lot of worry going on all the time. How do we worry less? Yeah, well, let's face it, worries uh, worries a natural part of life. So you have to first of all accept that worry, you know, is not a horrible thing. Uh, uh, there are many things that are a case for concern, and there are times when you should worry. Um, the problem with worry is when it becomes excessive and when it becomes a corrosive thread in your life and takes over so we need some strategies to work with that right and to help relieve some of that 
going around and around and around. I learned to worry from my mother. She was the queen of fret. And she yep. you know, had a lot to fret about during World War II and the bombs dropping and then with an abusive alcoholic husband. And so there was a lot of stuff that she had to worry about. So how do you deal with it? Well, here's one strategy that works for me. You and I talked before the show about morning pages where you wake up and you journal three pages, three complete pages. And this isn't a diary. This is simply to get what's in your head out and onto paper. It's amazingly cathartic and you learn a lot about yourself but what I also started doing in my journal when I had things that I was worried about I I I drew a line down the middle and on the left hand side I listed all my worries current worries and let's say that there are 10 worries and then what I found is as I continued to journal over the days and weeks I would look back to those 10 worries and it's amazing how most of them got worked out like right away and some of them faster than I thought and things that solutions I didn't even think of they would work out and I use a quote by Calvin Coolidge he says when you see 10 troubles coming down the road toward you you can be sure that nine of them will run into the ditch before they ever reach you <laughs> and boy is that my experience I um, hope you're still there I haven't dropped you I'm yet. here I'm totally listening uh, you got me in listen mode which is yeah, there. <laughs> so yeah, so what I do so what I do is I oftentimes revisit you know, those 10 worries and on the other side cuz I draw a line down the middle, I write what happened and when that happened, the solution was. And again, if I write 10 things down today, Elizabeth, I guarantee you by Jan- by the first week of January, 6 7 of them are already already worked out and the other 3 are on the way to being worked out. So reminding myself that whatever I'm worried about there's a solution, and it's probably working itself out right now, and what I'm fearing, which is usually the worst, generally doesn't come to pass. Yeah. I, I love it when um, I have guests on who can teach us things for real, like you actually can learn from the show instead of like a big promotion about your book and things like that, which is great and everything. But it's it's more helpful, I think, if people are going to invest, you know, a half an hour or an hour of their time in a show that they – they leave with some something that that is useful in their lives. And so this is great because, you know, a lot of times in our own lives and maybe we're not readily admitting it, you know, social media is filled with, look at how great things are and this and that and another thing. And deep down people have this other side of worry and all the negative vibrational type stuff, the worry, the fear, the fear of death or whatever it is. And so it's, it's an interesting conversation to me when you can actually take what what's really going on with people and give them some solutions. Just, I, I hope everybody heard that, you know, who was the, who was the gal you were talking about at the beginning, Julia Cameron? Yeah. You and I were talking about uh, journaling and I read yeah. a book years ago, very, very instrumental. Love it. I write about it in my book. Julia Cameron wrote a book yeah. and many of the uh, listeners may know of it. It's called, the Artist's Way, and mm. it was a perennial bestseller. And she, it's basically 12 Weeks to Recovering Your Creative Self. Wonderful book. And one of the things she mentions in the very beginning, uh, two things to do, uh, one thing to do every day is what she calls morning pages. She says, wake up as soon as you can, grab a notebook, and write three pages. Uh, whatever's in your head. doesn't matter. You're not going to – this isn't a diary. You're not going to count. You're just dumping – 
what's in your head. You're evading the inner critic. And my God, I've I've been doing morning pages for over 25 years. I, I do them every morning now. Even I'd get to work an hour early just so I could get them in, wake up while before the rest of the household wakes up, so I can do them. And what I find. And by the way, you know, sometimes when I write, and I've got journals over the years filled with this, I'll start off with blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is stupid, 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 dumb, dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, nothing, nothing, nothing. What a waste of time, waste of time, waste of time, and then boom. Nobody ever comes. better read this. <laughs> nobody had, nobody had. I'm not reading it, but what I find, yeah. here's, the, here's the secret of, of doing the morning pages for me. What I have found over and over again, even 25 years later, is that basically the first page and a half, sometimes two full pages, is crap. It's negative. It's fear. It's worry. Hmm. It's I'm not going to get mine. It's, honest to God, it's negative. Yeah, I know. Yep. But then. Even from the most positive people on the planet. <laughs> But then, when I get to page three, and now I've learned I must write the third page. When I get to page three, after I've dumped on the page all of this crap that's in my consciousness, when I get to page three, something miraculous invariably happens. I get to hope. I get to empowerment. I get to the dreams. I get to the positivity. I get to God. I get to I get to truth. I get to my truth. And you know what's inside of me and I believe is inside of everyone is just a child who who wants to revel in the in the wonder and the possibility of life and the world. And that's what I get to. And let me tell you, man, when I finish three pages and I get to that third page, when I close that journal, I'm a different person than when I opened it just 45 minutes earlier. Yeah. On the line of thinking that there's no do-overs, what is the moment where you decided, I'm going to heal from this and be my best human being? Did you have a pivotal moment because I, in speaking with you and hearing you, you're, you strike me as extremely well-read, extremely well-thoughtful, extremely thoughtful, um, extremely, I'm using extremely because I, you know, wise and smart and things like that. And I'm gathering that you had a struggle to get there. Yeah. In some it was a fashion, struggle. yeah, yeah, and you, and it wasn't it wasn't a pivotal moment. It was okay. it was a series of ongoing decisions to nourish myself and to get to the bottom of the angst and to I mean one of the things when you become a therapist, as soon as you enter, I had been in therapy prior to becoming a therapist, and mm-hmm. I had also been in group therapy. And when you enter ther- when you enter a school to become a therapist, they require that for the two years that you're in your master's program that you're in therapy during those two years. And I met a different therapist during that time, um, and she was, you know, and I had been, in, as I said, in therapy before trying to heal from this and get to the bottom of things. And mm-hmm. she was so, so helpful. Uh, and, of course, becoming a therapist and then after. So I've done a lot, a lot of work on, on myself and a lot of work outside of therapy. And, you know, it's it just, it, it, it's a process. And for some mm-hmm. people, you know, it takes longer than others. But 
as you recover bits of yourself and as you recover bits of truth about yourself, you become whole and you become the more whole you become, the more empowered and the more tools and the more strategies and the more patience you have with yourself and then you become more complete and more complete and then you I don't know for me I, I kind of reached a level whereby I can still wake up and be in fear we all can I can still have <laughs> angst but guess what a I know that inside of me is this is this you know, child of the universe is this is this loving soul, is this gentle person, is this caring human being. And I also have strategies to restore myself to sanity when I'm in a, a moment of angst. And I write about those strategies in this book, the yeah. things that I've learned and the things that I still use today to help keep myself right. Because, you know, when we wake up, we're not always right. You know, we got crap going on, and then there's the election <laughs> no, coming up, and really? then they're doing yeah. this in Israel. And then they're – it's like, I mean, I, I, I give myself a third – I don't – I try – I don't read the news. I'm sorry. But, you know, I don't – I can't watch – I can't. I can't turn it at on. All. I cannot start my day, end my day, or anything. Oh, at all. Like, at all. I, I write. A, I, I write oh. about that in the book. Give yourself a thirty-day season and desist, and instead, why not feed yourself something spiritually enlightening? Why not all that time you spend looking at the baseball scores, or reading the latest news story, or searching social media? And again, I this is a strategy I write about in the book. All that time spent there by Emmett Fox. Pick up a book by Eckhart Tolle. Pick up your favorite spiritual reading, regardless of what it is. Spend that time with that. Here's one, here's one of the things that makes a giant difference for me. When I go to sleep at night, usually I'll read a little bit or I'll watch something on YouTube. Now what I do, we turn the TV off, and again, I, again, I read a book. Uh, Emmett Fox is one of my favorite spiritual writers, and I'll read, mm-hmm. I'll read truth. I'll fill my consciousness with truth right before I go to sleep, and then when I go to sleep, I'm thinking about that. Let me tell you something. It makes a gigantic difference for my spirit and my mindset and my consciousness. Why not feed yourself something good? instead of indulging in the bad. Yeah, absolutely. For for those of you who just joined us, which I saw there was kind of a group of people, like a lot of people all of a sudden just joined in, we are speaking with author Michael Zajowski. <laughs> I think I got that right. <laughs> Close. Yeah, bad, We're just going to affectionately call him Michael Z. His uh, website is michaelzbooks.com, and his book is The Owner's Manual Guide to Life. Now, um, one of my favorite parts of your book is actually in the introduction too. Um, it's on page two, and I I think I, we tend to come across a lot of this in Best Ever You, um, where people are pretty pretty good and down on themselves. Um, like not me, I I I tend to just not be the one for this or that or another thing. Would you mind? talking a uh, reading maybe part of page two starting with like and have you ever noticed it's okay. it's pretty now, important now yeah, page two for me is the acknowledgements um, oh uh the introduction so, all right um, the introduction uh, let's see 
Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, yeah, this is uh, page six in the actual book itself. Okay, yeah, I must have, I have an over, yeah. It says, and have you ever noticed other people who treat life's problems as if they were one emergency after another? Instead of coping mechanisms and problem-solving skills, these people default to states of worry or fearing the worst or self-defeating self-talk like, why me? Or why does something always have to go wrong? It's as if a lifetime of experiencing problems has conditioned them to imagine that a black cloud follows them and them only and that any chance at peace or contentment is slim, if possible at all. Moreover, rather than learning from the last problem or situation, each time a new one comes up, as they always do, it starts a familiar cascade of negative thinking that doesn't encourage solution finding and robs them of the calm they need to maintain the right perspective and find some peace and even humor as they move through their daily life. It's as if they missed that day in school when the teacher handed out the instruction manual to life, and with that, They missed the strategies they needed to live life with more peace, joy, and contentment. Yeah. You want to elaborate a little? Yeah, well, that's... I absolutely love that. I have it highlighted, actually. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and then the next paragraph is, in reality, most of us fall somewhere between the extremes, one of knowing exactly what to do and facing life with solutions and trying them, though if we admit it, we probably spend more time in the second group than we'd like. The good news is that since we've all experienced those times when we did learn and leverage some experience from the past, when we did solve a problem without letting it drive us crazy, it means that we do have the capacity for better problem solving. And perhaps all we need is a bit more instruction and some examples that can help us. And that's where this guide comes in handy. Mm -hmm. The owner's manual to life is the missing manual many of us haven't had access to before. It's a book of problem solving that those with the most grace and patience use regularly and have memorized to help them through the occasional storm that blows by or for the seemingly constant minor annoyances and problems we all face. Inside you'll find a hundred tips, strategies, and proven ways of responding to life that will instantly give you the toolkit you'll need to both adjust your perspective and handle problems and situations the way you always wanted to. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a really wonderful book for that. Like if you're, even if you're in the midst of, a, of an ongoing problem or something like that, if you're, if you're having any kind of negativity in your life or anything like that, like that, I think this is a book where you can pick it up and start to see things in a different light. I really yeah. do. It's a, it's a great book of, of, but I think you just said it like problem solving or yeah. problem handholding. Yeah, you know. And you know one of the, and one of the things Elizabeth that I did with this book, there's a hundred quotes, and I write just a two page essay, so people can get into it quickly. You don't have to read it from, you you don't have to wait until page ninety eight to get an answer. You can you can get an answer on page two, yeah. and. Like, we'll just read some of the quotes really quickly. Uh, quote uh, number 36 is, how to guarantee you'll be unhappy. You should read that checklist and see if you're doing any of that. 37, <laughs> to attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom, remove things every day. Yep. Uh, 39, we talked about just what am I afraid of. One of my favorites is number 40, it'll never be all right until it's all right right now. 
Um, 41, the first recipe for happiness is avoid too lengthy meditation on the past. So there's, you know, number 58, transform your interactions, practice courtesy and kindness. And 59, worry is a terrible waste of the imagination. (laughs) That's a good one. 60, if you're struggling to make a decision involving others, do the right thing. Yeah, I love it. So your book is available wherever books are sold. Um, We love it when uh, people go to Amazon and buy the book and leave a review. As authors, a lot of our our fate is (laughs) controlled by Amazon, (laughs) for sure. Um, (laughs) I say that with the most love and respect for everyone at Amazon. Um, I'm genuflexing as we speak. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've got so we've got to run. But is there um, just in the final like two minutes of the show? Is there is there anything else you we missed? Uh, I hope you'll come back again. It was fun having you on. I hope you'll consider writing maybe some articles for besteveryou.com. I think people would really enjoy your wisdom there. Uh, but is there anything yeah. we missed that you want to talk about real fast? You know, uh, first of all, I want to thank you, um, Elizabeth, oh. for all the work you do. Uh, your books are. You have a wonderful way. I was reading the introduction and, and the first chapter of your book, and you've got a lot of wisdom too. So if you if if you're listening to this program, definitely look at some of Elizabeth's books and 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 use them to help find your own heart center. And in terms of my book, you know, I, I would encourage you to to go to my website. And on the home page of my website, at the very bottom, there's a sample of my book. And the publisher put out, a, I think, a, I don't know, like a 38, 40-page sample of the book. Look, look into it. Nice. If you like it, invest in a copy. Uh, you can have a copy in 10 seconds with, uh, with an e-book. But you'll find strategies in there that will help you, and you'll resonate with some. And even if you just find one tip that helps you, you know, you deserve to be more peaceful. You deserve to get to that center that lies within you. And when you do, not only will you be happier, but everyone around you will be happier. And I just end with by saying this. One of the things I wanted to accomplish with this book is to help us all be kinder to mm-hmm. one another. We live in such a divisive society and world. And you know what? It doesn't take much for you to help make the world, your world, and those around you feel better about themselves. And when you make someone else feel better, you feel better. And you can do that by being understanding, by being empathetic, by understanding that people are different, and looking for the commonalities that we all have. We all want peace. We all want love for our family. We all want to pursue what we feel is right for us. Learn to respect that in another, and once you do, you'll find they'll start respecting and getting along with you better, too. So I hope this book helps everyone and the world do that. That's my hope. Yeah. Uh, One more question before we go. Did you do an audio book with this? I didn't check before we went on the air. Uh, You know, uh, two weeks ago, I was in a studio in Charlotte recording this book. I was asked by the Audio Republic, and I was very grateful to do that. So I'm sure the engineer is working through it now, and once that's done, (laughs) it will be available. Yes, thank you for asking. Yeah, you've got that radio voice. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know if you know that about yourself or not. I'm sure you do. 
but yeah, I, I've been, I, you know, yeah. My older brother was a very successful voiceover actor, so I'm oh, okay. I, I yeah. take after him. Yeah, you well, you, you and yeah, whatever you you have it yourself, and it's a beautiful radio voice. Um, I hope you think about doing your own radio show. That would be really fun. And I could certainly help you get set up with that if you are, are ever interested. If you don't already have one, I didn't check that either. So I might be, you might already have one, and I haven't, I haven't been on it yet. Um, I could just see you. Do you have one? I do not have one. No, I don't. Oh, I could see you having a show where even if you, you know, um, pop onto the radio show for like you know twenty minutes or something and just talk yourself, not even with guests. I could see wisdom going out the door. Very lovely. People would probably be quite receptive to that. But anyway, what? all right, that was just my visualization as I was hearing you. So I'm like, oh, he needs a radio show. Anybody? Well, let's you and, let's you and I stay in touch. I like what we yeah. talked about earlier, collaborating Absolutely. on a book together. And uh, I really love your fun, work. As, oh, it would be lovely. Yeah. It would be lovely. Again, we're, we're sympathetic. We're, we're the same. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, lots of love to you. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, go out and grab Michael Z's book. It's the Owner's Manual to Life. And he is at, um, got to look at michaelzbooks.com. Michael, thank you for being here with us. And uh, everybody, thank you for, for being here again. And take care and have a, a very happy, beautiful Thursday and weekend ahead. All right. Take care, everybody. And, Thanks and for listening. Happy oh, holidays. Yeah. Oh, yes. Happy holidays. Happy <laughs> I love holidays. it. Thanks again, Elizabeth. All right. Hope you thank feel you. better. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hope this goes away. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave. Be bold. Be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.